0: You are listening to View Source: conversations around WordPress and adjacent tech with hosts Ruba Ahmed and me, Brian Kords. Ruba, we are back with a brand new series covering a big, hot, hot topic in WordPress development, web development, all that sort of stuff. It's called Next.js. And from what I understand, you're like neck deep in Next.js right now. Is that true?
1: Neck deep. I think my whole body's in it, full deep, <laughs> like all the way. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: So you so you are you a Next.js guru at this point? Like can you answer all my NextJS questions?
1: No, probably not, but I can definitely I have spent so much time thinking about it and considering it from a lot of different angles recently that I feel like I have a lot of capital O opinions about it that I wanna that I want us okay. to get into.
0: Okay. And for context, we actually did work on a Next.js project together. And like, I think I spent most of my time more just like doing components and a bit more of the front end. And you like were basically back there, like taming the routing nightmare monster <laughs> and dealing with all that stuff. So, like, I have some Next.js context and I, you know, have used it a couple of yeah. times now, but you. I would love it if you could explain it to me as if I like didn't know, like what, like literally what is Next.js? Like what, wh- why does it exist? What is, what is it supposed to be for?
1: Ah, uh, so Next.js is like a, such a beast. And you know, the project that you and I worked on, one of the biggest things I remember, the takeaways from it was, oh my God, why was that so hard?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: you know it yeah. was it was it was my first real Next.js project that was so complicated you know before that i just done smaller things with it and hobby things and it is such a different mindset shift mm-hmm. from how we approach like wordpress or a laravel project that if you don't approach it correctly you're gonna end up with so many setbacks you end up like, having to turn around and do this again and turn around and do that again constantly that you know, it becomes really frustrating, and that project was frustrating for us. We learned so much, but it was also frustrating. Um, and I would say that is, a, that is the thing with like all JavaScript frameworks right now, you know They're so in mm-hmm. vogue. NextjS is one of them. And they are trying to do everything right? Like the these frameworks, like Next.js, they want to do the front end, the back end, the middle, everything.
0: Yeah. I think I struggle the most with it because it's such a mindset shift to go from HTML, CSS, and PHP, where things happen in the way that you tell it to happen. And everything is like, here's 10 lines of code, start at one and go down to 10 and do these things and render my HTML exactly like this. But once you jump into react which is like right like the I guess the foundation of next.js yeah it's things happen here there everywhere things mm-hmm. are coming in things are ignoring you things are in a side of an escape hatch there's this, it's like suddenly you're just like floating in three dimensions when everything was like in two dimensions before and it was like you know yeah you went from like forward or backwards to now like you never know where anything is. That was the feeling yeah. I had. It was a feeling of drowning, basically. Like,
1: I think that that is so accurate and such a good picture of how it feels when you first get into it, right? So Next.js is a React framework, like you just said. It's built on top of React, and it abstracts out, you know, the th- how you interact with React, other parts of JavaScript, and it includes a lot of other complex things that you need when you're building a full stack application. Because the idea of Next.js is the ability to do the front end and the back end in one code base, in one architecture, writing it all in one language, JavaScript, whereas typically, you know, in a you might not always do that. You might write a backend in Laravel and then do the front end in just HTML, CSS, with maybe a PHP, a templating language, or maybe in JavaScript, right? But Next.js is trying to do all of it all together. And the advantage of that, from a surface level, I suppose, is that there's only one language for you to learn, kind of. Mm-hmm. Kind of, because you still need HTML, you still need CSS, you still need to know all these things. But you don't have to learn a completely separate programming language just to be able to do the back end if you already know the front end, right? I think that's kind of like where this all sort of mm, began. And the other thing is Next.js You can use Next.js in a lot of different ways, for sure. But one of the things that you can do with it is build single-page applications. And I remember SPAs, as they're called. Remember, there was like a time when they were like just completely in vogue, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, SBA this and SBA that, and everything should be an SBA." I mean, it 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 was wild.
0: (laughs) It's the URL with like the the hash like mark in it. That makes me think it's like, all right, we're entering like angular territory or something where the URL like has a hash in the middle and then the rest of it. Yeah, that's, yeah, Yeah. we all lived through that.
1: 100%. (laughs) And you know, like you were saying, you feel like you're floating and drowning because in a single page application and a lot of JavaScript frameworks are like that. The idea is that you're not sending a request to a server and then getting back a full page. Instead, what happens is you send a request to a server and it sends back the most minimal HTML you need and some links to some JavaScript files. And then your browser will go and then download things from those different JavaScript files and hydrate or populate that HTML with the actual contents of that page. And it all happens asynchronously. And, you know, I remember like... It was not that long ago where I was just like, I don't get it. You put async on something and everything breaks and nothing is ever reliable. And I don't understand why we're doing this. And this is so stupid. I I remember being very mad at it all the time.
0: Mm.
1: But that is the foundations of Next.js, you know, (laughs) this asynchronous nature.
0: (laughs) So I feel like I've seen it a lot. You said like don't have a backend, but I've also seen it a lot in the context of like Headless WordPress. Uh, Headless WordPress, I feel like Next.js tends to be sort of the go-to method for doing a headless WordPress, but then WordPress is your backend in that situation, right? So that's definitely, so then like what what problem did somebody have where they sat down and said, I need to create Next.js? Like what was the problem? Just that they just wanted to write a lot more JavaScript or was there like some deeper problem they were trying to solve with it?
1: So I think this all comes back the crux of this conversation is actually not why someone would need Next.js, but actually why would someone need a single page application? I think that's the that's the question that helps you answer the Next.js one. And this is something I was talking to a friend about just earlier today, too. And you know, a single page application makes a lot of sense when you have a lot of reusable components that you're constantly using. Because in a single page application that your Next.js lets you do, what happens is you have a page, and on that page, you have a header and a navigation and a footer and some content in the middle. But on the next page, you also have the header and the navigation and the footer, and maybe the content. Mm -hmm. That's different, right? In a regular multi-page application, and we're going to step away from the concept of caching for a second, you know, whenever you want to go to a second next page, the server is going to send you back all of it Mm -hmm. all again. But in a single Mm -hmm. page application, you're like, oh, I already have the header and the the navigation and the footer. I just, I'm just going to go grab the content. So you are not constantly sending more requests to the server. You use JavaScript to just grab the information, which is not a server request, technically. Or it might be a server request sometimes, but it's a much smaller request than the whole page, right? The other times when a single page application is really helpful, think about something like, say, Netflix, right? Netflix has multiple APIs, sort of, that drive it. Or just any application where you need to grab information from multiple different places. That's when using a single page application architecture really, really helps. And Next.js and JavaScript are just really, really good at dealing with different sources of information, helping you put it all together in an asynchronous nature, and then presenting it to the user in the browser. Um, So when you have a lot of APIs, it makes a lot of sense because you want one unifying place that it all comes into Mm -hmm. instead of having to deal with, oh, this API requires this particular way to deal with it and this API requires this particular way to deal with it. Most most all APIs can work with JavaScript, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, because you're able to access them in just simple URL-based nature and you don't always need an SDK that's special for it. And the third reason that you might need... A single page application is basically when you're not really building a website, you know, like a website Mm is by nature a page based thing, but Asana isn't a page based thing, for example, you know, as a tool. It's a, it's a web app. Most of it is the same. You just want to populate with different types of information in slightly different configurations depending on what you want to do. So again, I guess it's really the same thing as the reusable components. When you, when you have something that's being constantly reused or you have a lot of APIs, an SPA makes sense. The gray ground yeah. is when you need all of that, but you also need some kind of website type architecture as well. So and that's what Next.js solves.
0: That was going to be my question because I was thinking like Asana is a good example where it's an app, you open it, you go to an individual project, then you go to an individual set of tasks, then you go to an individual task and you keep drilling down. But like, you don't want to have a new page load every single time when you're just expanding each component and fetching a little bit more information and all that makes sense. But when I get to that task, like I'm, I'm nested super deep, then I want to share that to my coworker and I need a URL because it is its own mm-hmm. page. Like I need yeah. the URL to point to what I just did in that single page app, even though I didn't load separate pages. And I feel like that's yeah. the place where it gets the hardest. And like, that's like you said, like this, the old single page app days, like that was the hardest part was like keeping your URL scheme up to date with this stuff so that it all kind of works together. And yes. from what I understand or what I've, Use Next.js. It sort of helps in that scenario where you, like you said, like you want individual web pages and URLs, but you also want a single-page app experience.
1: Yeah. So you can build a multi-page application with Next.js. It has a page router, as it's called inside it, that allows you to create different pages. But like you said, you know, just because you're using a web app, a single-page application, doesn't mean you don't want a way to point to a particular state. Of the application right yeah and so next something like next.js is really good at making a url looking at the url and then recreating that state for you when you put that into the browser the other time that it's really helpful is when let's say you know asana is an application we'll stick with that example for a second and they also have a marketing site what if you don't want to host a marketing site on a separate piece of architecture. You just want to keep it all in one. Well, in Next.js, you could have the web application in the same code base and a marketing site that maybe is, you know, static or connects to something like headless WordPress. And the front end is all in one code base. So now you're able to do all those things using the same language. So everyone just needs to know the same kind of like have the same kind of expertise, have the same unifying language in order to develop and collaborate. Whereas you, you know, it's really easy to fall into a situation where, oh, the the application is built in one way and the marketing side is built in this other way. And you need completely different skill sets in order to be handled, mm-hmm. in order to handle them. And I've talked with I think you and I have actually been on project calls with people where that has been the case. And it can mm-hmm. be a frustrating thing for companies when that happens because what if the marketing team was out, you know? And now the product team needs to do something for them. They don't know how to do it. they, they It's a too much of an onboarding process. But if it's all in the one code base using the same kind of stuff, it's all good. Anyone can jump in, you know?
0: Okay. So yeah. I think I get it. But so then explain to me. All right. So I think we'll put headless WordPress aside, right? Because that is yeah. a specific type of way to use Next.js and it's like a sort of thing. And it definitely makes sense in those situations where, you know, you will just want your marketing team to be able to just like put content into a nice CMS and they don't actually like affect the real website or, you know, and then we just pull it all through like the API. But let's say you're just starting from scratch new Next.js project. Like what is the steps to like, just start? Like, how do you, like, how do you say like, all right, Nextjs, like I can't just like go to you know Bluehost and like spin up a WordPress site. like what is yeah. it, like where do you go first? Is it like a, so, is there like a one company that like runs this all or like
1: <laughs> what a leading question, Brian. <laughs> well, well nextjS is owned by Vercel right? Yeah, so Vercel owns Next.js. I don't know if they always owned it, but they they own it now. So they are like the driving company behind the development of Next.js. And they consider themselves to be the best possible architecture to run Next.js on. But it is the kind of thing that you can basically run on any server that can run Node, (laughs) essentially. Okay. You know? Because it's fully Um, open
0: source. Like Next.js yeah, is com- an open source framework anyone can use anywhere. Definitely. Okay. Yeah.
1: It's a open source. Anyone can use it. I believe the project that we did, we used it and we built it on top of Netlify as our platform, but you could just buy a Digital Ocean server, serve like droplet, mm-hmm. run, have node on it, and then be able to run Next.js on it because ultimately it compiles down to just basic JavaScript. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do static generation or dynamic, but, you know, that's getting into the weeds a little bit. Um, But you don't, it's in, it does have dependencies, but ultimately if you have a machine that can run Node, you can just start developing with Next.js. It's not like WordPress where you have to have PHP, you have to run up your own server, like separately using like MAMP or local or something like that. All of that is kind of already inside the Next.js setup. They provide you with the server. They, it's just like one line of code, you know? And you, it'll, it'll just work. And that's something that, you know, if you're not used to it, like I was coming from the world where you had to like sometimes do it separately Even WordPress, of course, we have like WPN and things that are similar now, Mm -hmm. but they weren't in the CMS world as much. The JavaScript world really optimized the developer experience. It's one of their biggest strengths, I would say.
0: Well, but what about when you do want a database for your Next.js project? Then you like, like you're saying, oh, I need to spin up like MAMP, like to get my PHP server and my my Mm -hmm. SQL database and stuff. But with Next, like you don't get a database, right? Like you, now you have to pick your database off the shelf, like Supabase yes. or Firebase or whatever, and then then you got to like, so like,
1: if you need a database, um, right? Because yeah, right. you can do if lots of Next.js framework. Hey, you can make a Next.js project that does not ever use a database, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or it uses like SQLite database, which is just like a file-based one that you can just insert in. It's a lot more flexible. So, which is, you know, a curse and a pro, you know, when it comes to it, you can use it with a lot of different things, but then you Mm -hmm. also have to make the choice of what to use it with. Whereas with Laravel, you know, what was so nice and we talked about it in our episode, it comes with some decisions made for you. And then you just go with those decisions and it's easy.
0: (laughs) I think it's like a spectrum of like WordPress makes every decision for you. Like you have to meet exactly like this, but like, you know exactly what you're going to get. And it's very yeah. decisions, not options, right? Laravel is definitely yes. in the middle where like you do have to play like package inspector, like, do I want it this package? Do I want to use this one? What's it gonna do? And then Next.js, I guess to me feels like the the wild west because it's just everything available in JavaScript and React as an option.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I was trying to make a comparison in my head of, like, iPhone versus Android, but then I don't really know what the middle ground with, like, say, Laravel would be, like, where that would belong. Because, like, WordPress is a little bit like an iPhone. All the decisions are made for you. You can only do it in a particular architecture, and the Next.js is like, ah, do whatever the hell you want, really. Like, we've made a couple decisions, but everything else is up to you, which can be frustrating sometimes, admittedly. But where does Laravel fit? Not really sure. Okay, so it's honestly very, very easy to start a Next.js project if you have Node on your uh, computer. And it's quite literally NPX, Create Next Application Latest. They provide it out of the box. I'm going to press Enter, and it's going to ask me a bunch of questions. Okay, hey, I need to install the Create Next App package so I can actually install this for you. Are you cool with it? Yes, I am cool with it. What is your project called? So, you know, let's call it view source example. Would you like to use TypeScript? TypeScript it's is a loaded a... question. <laughs> it's definitely a loaded question. TypeScript is a superset of JavaScript that has a lot of very specific and sometimes very strict typing that's supposed to help you, can sometimes be a hindrance. It's a whole can of worms for sure. You know, let's say that let's say yes for now. We'll say yes. <laughs> Why not? Right. Do you do you want to use ES Lint? You know, do you want something that's going to lint your uh, JavaScript for you and help you style it? I, I generally think that's a good idea. Um, yeah. So we'll say yes for that. Do you want to use Tailwind CSS? That, that's Man. a loaded question. Okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts?
0: They were like, let's make a list of all the things developers argue about on Twitter, and then put them into the default create <laughs> <laughs> application. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Ne- what, the next question should be like, do you use spaces or tabs when you indent code?
1: <laughs> I think that's probably decided for you in the default, but yes. Oh, man. So I'm going to say no to Tailwind CSS okay. because I don't want to focus on the Tailwind part of it. I want to look at what Next.js mm-hmm. might look like with just basic more, you know, the web all web technologies we're all familiar with. So I'm going to say no. And then there's this question, which is a very specific Next.js question. Do you want to use the source directory? So Next.js, like Laravel, has a very specific file structure, directory structure. And in the latest version of Next.js that is currently, as of starting of Next.js 13, we're on 14 right now, you can put things in the source directory and everything else goes, the normal architecture would be outside of it, but now they put a bunch of it inside it. And this is just, it's a preference thing, but it did require a new version of Next.js to work, basically, because a lot of people mm-hmm. do like having a source folder, you know, where they, yeah. everything uncompiled lives and then everything compiled lives outside. And I personally find that to be a really nice way to structure any kind of project where there's like build okay. files and non. So I'm going to say yes to that. And then would you like to use the app router? So this is something that we kind of already touched on, but we'll touch on it a little bit more in the next episode. There are a lot of different, two different ways, main ways that you can change pages, I guess, or go to different states of an application inside Next. One is called the app router and one is the one is called the page router. The page router is a little bit like... Like it's very easy to understand. It's just like, you know, uh, you have a home page and you have an about page and you have a, a contact page. But the app router allows you to say, hey, certain things are rendered on the server and then sent to the browser and certain things are compiled in the browser. And those things can work together in order to build out a page or multiple pages. I personally think the app router is amazing, but it's rollout has been in the community a little bit problematic because they, they called it done before it was done a little bit like the block editor, you know, in mm-hmm. WordPress. <laughs> so I'm going to say yes, because that is the way forward in Next.js. So if we're going to make a you know series on it, we want to use the app router. Okay. And then would you like to def- customize the default import alias? So, When you work with a lot of partials, a lot of file partials in any kind of project, every time you need to Mm -hmm. refer to a project file, you know, you have to put in the path and you have to remember where you are, the dot, dot, slash, dot, dot, slash, my goodness. So in Next.js, they like allow you to create an alias for the root of your wherever your directory is and then be able to say, say at and then it just put in the name of the folder, perhaps where it is, and not have to worry about exactly where you are, where the current file is in the project, it will figure it out for you. Does that make sense?
0: Okay, yeah.
1: It's like a little shortcut, yeah. So that's very convenient, so I'm gonna say yes. And and you can change what that alias, that shortcut is. The standard is just the at sign, which I like. And once I do that, it's going to install the dependencies and we can see the dependencies are React, React DOM, Next itself, then mm-hmm. some TypeScript things and some ESLint. So if I had actually not chosen to add TypeScript, really the only things that would get added are ESLint, React, React DOM, and Next. So in terms of dependencies yeah. to help you get running, it's actually one of the lighter things out there that still provides you with a lot of power.
0: Yeah, so all the types stuff is just
1: just that fun from TypeScript.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's right,
1: yeah. So if I didn't do TypeScript, it would be even lighter than that. But I have personally come around to TypeScript over the last maybe five, six months because of a project that we were on where we didn't have TypeScript and the issues it caused and the typing that Mm, happened and i could always think about like if we had that oh my god some of these things we would have caught better or easily Mm -hmm. and wouldn't have had some of the issues that some because sometimes it would be like literally we got one variable thing wrong you know and it was because of that everything was breaking and typescript would have caught that for us you know so i've really come around to the concept of light typescript not heavy typescript
0: (laughs) I've been using types in PHP more where you can kind of yeah. like define what you're, you know, like it's basically like, what are my variables going to be? Like what type of object or whatever? And what mm-hmm. am I going to return and all that stuff? And I just, yeah. it, does, it does make everything feel nicer because you just feel like it, like it hides some surprises, you know? Yes. And like with code, GitHub, like copilot code completion and stuff becoming like pretty standard. It's not like yeah. you're typing it manually. A lot of the time, a lot of the time, like, right. you know, yeah your your ai is kind of handling it so i think it's worth yeah your, so worth you're your.
1: helping the ai help you more that way for sure yeah no no i i've definitely come around to some level of typing always being because javascript inherently is not a typed language it's an ex, it's an implicitly typed language which means it assumes things based on what data data you give it instead of saying oh yeah. you gave me this data but you said you were going to give me this kind of data Okay, so now we are inside our project and I've got the directory open here. I'm just gonna make that a little bit bigger so we can take a look at it. And this is what a basic, almost vanilla, we did add TypeScript, but almost vanilla project in Next.js looks like. There is a TypeScript configuration. There's a package.json because we used NPM. There is a next config file, a public folder, which is gonna have compiled files and your source folder, which has source and then app where all of your stuff kind of lives. So if I go into package.json, yeah. There's no
0: like assets folder and components folder. And like, I don't know, you know, there's just- Out of the box? No, no, because
1: yeah, that's kind of your decision because what if you don't need Uh a lot of components, right? What if you, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's Laravel gives you some of that structure out of the box, right? Laravel has a
0: lot of folders when you start a project, and WordPress obviously has a folder structure. Um, Exactly.
1: But this hmm. is on the other side of the spectrum. It really doesn't come with that much more. So let's hide that. Interesting. And that's a little too big. So we're looking at the package.json file. And here we can see our, you know, dependency that we talked about. And we have four scripts that we can run. Dev, build, start, and lint. And if you run dev, it's just going to run it in development mode and it'll start a server for you. Okay. Lint is just to test it, you know, and then you can, if you want to optimize version of the website as it would run on production, you would build, use the build command and then run the start command to create a server that will serve the optimized version. And in JavaScript, for those of you who've like thought and th- figured out and been playing with CSS and JS and other things like that. The, the business of JavaScript wanting to do everything only in JavaScript and not use native HTML, CSS and web technologies as they are meant to be means that the optimized version of a JavaScript application and the non-optimized, there's a very big difference in terms of what it mm. looks like. You know, like when you go to Twitter and you want to target something and you see all those gibberish classes. Yeah, yeah. that's CSS and JS at work at you and I yeah, yeah. have feelings about it.
0: <laughs> I've been feeling recently that I think we're gonna turn a corner with CSS. And obviously in this sort of situation where you're pulling in like like well you're referencing is like CSS modules where you want to pull in like little tiny chunks of CSS instead of loading like a giant style sheet for your entire app yeah. in one go. Like it makes sense. Like there's a reason behind it. But I think just in general on the topic of CSS, like I think we're gonna turn a corner pretty soon where like SAS and like these pre processors and all this stuff are not going to be as necessary because vanilla yeah. CSS is getting so powerful. And the only piece I think that's missing is this ability to pull in chunks of CSS in smaller doses and stuff like that. But I mm, think
1: natively, yeah. I think,
0: I think we're seeing, you know, I, that's probably like down the road of like, what is the HTML components and all that stuff. But like,
1: yeah.
0: you know, my point being that CSS is getting really good and I wouldn't be surprised if people start like just throwing away CSS build processes like entirely. Mm-hmm. Then again, this did recommend Tailwind, which is like <laughs> CSS with a massive like build process to, to, to clean it out. But it
1: doesn't have a runtime. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. So you can okay. have CSS and JS. No, you know what? We're not going to talk about CSS and JS because <laughs> we are going to talk about it later. It is a whole okay. thing. Okay. And I have so many feelings about it. And I know you do too. We're going to figure it out um but let's start a project and see what it looks like so yeah. in order to do that i'm just going to go npm and then we'll do run dev <laughs> you know i've never pressed the run script button in vs code i'm going to press it and it 100. does it in
0: its built-in thing not in your terminal though
1: yes yeah, it does it does separately past- that's cool. But you that. know, there's an advantage to that. You know, that's kind of cool because you can have your terminal because usually I have to have like more than one terminal open when you're doing things. Area. But if it's just using its own script area, then you could have just one terminal open. That's kind of cool, How do you? Right?
0: Well, but what if you need to change the node version? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, go
1: ahead. I'm not sure, but I know that it's using the node version that I set in the terminal. Otherwise, this wouldn't work because my default on my computer is still not node 18. It's node 12. So I always oh. have to switch it because I still have some projects that still use node 12. So it's just like the default yeah. is easy. Does it uh, come with a,
0: an NVM? I guess you could just add that, right? If you wanted to.
1: Yeah. It doesn't come it's with not me, like though, a super but you could totally cool add it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let me open up my browser. Yeah. All right. So we are looking at just the basic starter for Next.js. When you load it up for the first time, this is kind of what it looks like. What are your thoughts?
0: You you know it's modern because it's dark mode with a purpley-bluey <laughs> gradient. Like, that tells yes? me I'm web coding for the future when I see dark mode, <laughs> purple gradients, deep indigo gradients. Um, yeah, that is that is modern web trends can i wait so for
1: everyone's context ryan is making fun of the trend because he hates it
0: (laughs) it's i mean it's fine trends are trends they come and they go like it'll you know yeah who knows what it'll look like next but you it's definitely a look that you were seeing a lot of right now so so this was already in there like they give you like a default page component that has like this stuff in there Okay. Okay,
1: yeah. okay. There's a single page and that page has all of it in. And here at the top it tells you, hey, you know, get started by editing source app page.tsx. And it's TSX instead of like JSX or JS because of the fact that we're using TypeScript. That took me a second to get used to personally, but yeah. now I am used to it. It's a but it is definitely a thing because it looks so odd, you know, page.tsx. That's not a you're not used to looking at that extension. <laughs>
0: It's like put the T somewhere else, but give me the dot JS dot JSX dot JSTX or something. Like, don't take my J away, because I need that. (laughs) I need that to know what I'm looking at. So Yeah. I guess I'm still wrapping my mind around the idea that like it's so unopinionated on how you structure your files, and I don't know why that bothers me so much. I'm like just
1: They do have if you go into the docs, and this is something I do love about X.js. So they, I wouldn't say they have the best docs ever. Like I still think in some way like Laravel has even better docs. But mm-hmm. Next.js's docs are very good. And what I love about them is that they assume you know nothing. They're not assuming that you already know stuff. So they talk about the theory a little bit, you know, they figure they help explain it. There's always an outline on the side. So if you already know the theory, you can jump to the applicable, like practical information that you might be looking for. But almost every page starts with some theory. So they have a project structure page, which explains a lot of things, but it does also give you recommendations on the kinds of folders and files you might want, conventions that have been established by the community and by how people have used... um, next.js. And there are certain types of files that are special. One of the ones that is really cool that we actually use in WPHelpers.dev a lot because that is a next.js project mm-hmm. is this concept of a folder that is named or or file, sorry, a file that is ca- named by square brackets, dot, 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 and then like either a folder or a file name. And it knows that when you, let's say you have posts, you have all of, a bunch of different posts, but they're always gonna use the same template, but they have different IDs. Someone can go to that ID and it's going to detect that that is what it is and just use that as their template for it instead of you having to create a separate page template for every single post, which would be insane. So it's a little bit like how CMSs help you with templating, but this is in a file-based structure. Yeah.
0: Okay, so like if I put in like slash posts and an ID, your Mm -hmm. catch-all route would know and it would that ID would show up somewhere as a parameter that you could use to get the data for, for that post. Okay.
1: Yeah, so there are specialized things, like specialized ways to do things, but it doesn't just give it to you out of the box. It says, hey, add it if you want, but you don't have to.
0: And are there like starter, like I'm guessing, like obviously, like say you're doing headless WordPress, there's gonna be a Next.js like starter specifically for headless WordPress or maybe a Next.js plus Stupa base starter or like some of these things.
1: No, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot. And actually, Vercel like really invests a lot in their templates for Next.js. So they have a whole template section and there's oh. pretty much templates for anything. How, you want to make an image gallery? Great. You want to build a Next.js based AI chatbot? We've got a template for that. You want to build docs? We've got a template for that. Dashboard? Sure. You know, you want to make a headshot generator, a photo restorer, a portfolio, like they show you, you want to build a blog that is connects to Sanity, the CMS, they have templates yes. for a lot of things. So they work okay. hard to, you know, show off all the flexibility that Next.js offers,
0: <laughs> right? Okay, so Even then- a course,
1: like how do you build a whole course website? They have that here.
0: <laughs> okay. I have two big questions and they're tied together. And Yes and I need, I think you can answer them both at the same time. So the first thing is, I don't know what we're actually building in this series, because you have not yet told me what we're building. So yes. my first question is, what are we building for next Yes? But my second question is more of a broad question, which is like, why would I, like, apparently I can do everything. I can make a course, I can make an e-commerce or whatever, but obviously there's times when the, you want to go that route and there's times where you don't and you want to do something else. And so What are we building and basically why is Next.js like why would we use Next.js for it versus
1: Mm -hmm.
0: whatever, other framework, WordPress, whatever.
1: Yeah. So first of all, I have a little project I built a long time ago, long time ago, 2019 called wpaudit.site. And it is a checklist because you know, We make to-do lists here that are not to-do lists here at ViewSource.fm. It's a checklist of things that you might want to check before you launch or when you're maintaining a WordPress website. And it has lots of sections to it, formatting, performance, accessibility. And they're generally like for like simple things, simple things that sometimes you might forget to check for. And it just gives you like a nice checklist to go work with. And so we're gonna make a version of WPI.site that allows you to log in, create an account, and keep track of your own progress as you work through this checklist. So that because right now, if I check these off and then I refresh the page, that's that's gonna go away. It has no memory really. Um, mm-hmm. and I can't make more than one checklist, you know? I can't say, oh, this was one, this one was for aruba.com and that one was for BrianCords.com, you know? So it's kind Do of you- a to-do list. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, which is, I guess I should explain the context, which is that when we did the Laravel demo, I said, let's just build a to-do list. And you said, no, we can't build a to-do list. That's too obvious. So we built a tool where people can suggest episodes for us, which is basically a to-do list of episodes to do. And now you're coming back to me with another. I mean, what is, what is everything? Sauna is a big to-do list. Trello is a to-do list. Slack is essentially a to-do list that I chat issues with. Issues are a to-do list. GitHub <laughs> issues are a to-do list. That's perfect. Yeah. That's, I yeah, mean. Everything's the, a to-do list. Yeah. Which is which is why I feel like I have so much to do in life. <laughs> it's because I'm surrounded by <laughs> to-do lists. Okay. Yes. So, okay. So I love this idea. WP Helpers is, like you said, that, oh no, this is WP Audit, which is not. What did you build this in?
1: This is just HTML and CSS. There is nothing on here except that.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's completely static.
0: It's cool too, because you think about once this thing is like a React, how you have all these components, like those cards will be just Mm -hmm. nice, reusable components. You could even like change the layout to go from like a grid to like a compact list view with like some nice CSS. Like there's lots of cool things you can do.
1: Yeah. See, I'm I'm right now on. I've gone won into the WP Audit repository, and you can see it's literally just hard coded HTML. And I do use SCSS, but not a lot of SCSS. You know, just a little bit. But the actual meat of it is literally just hard coded, including the header. Everything, everything is hard coded.
0: And so you have no JavaScript. So you're not even like stashing this in the browser, like nothing. Uh, you know. Yeah. What am I trying this to say? A, the,
1: two, the local storage, like the cookie, or local storage. Sage, yeah, saving yeah, yeah. the state? Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. nothing okay. at all. It technically has jQuery installed for whatever reason that I never got around to using. But yeah, I built this on a plane in maybe two hours. And all I've ever done is add more things to it in the way that it's already written and have never yeah. really improved it. So I was, you know, I think it's it'll be fun to do something with it for this project. And to answer your question, yeah, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to ask, you said people are going to be able to log in. So where are you saving this information? Uh, What's the database going to be?
1: Yeah, we're going to use a database called Superbase because that's also open source. And in the past, I've used a service version of it, but I, I haven't decided... I've tried it. I've playing around with both, but we might just self-host the boobase here so that you can see how you would do it without like mm-hmm. needing to use us any other service except for a server.
0: So, so yeah. So that other question, which is like, you could build this in like WordPress with like three plugins that like jinkly work together or whatever, or you could custom yeah. code this, or this would also be honestly a very good Laravel. It would be a perfect use case for this, like the episode a yes. So why Next.js? What makes it I think a good that community.
1: JavaScript, React, you know, the word React itself is my answer, I guess. I like, uh, Interactivity is the future of the web and being able to do that without loading and reloading. So when we built the Laravel project, Suggest so so an episode, we didn't add any like real-time interactivity to it. You had yeah. to submit something, the page would reload, and then you would see the new information. So, and that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. JavaScript's power is its ability to react, its ability to create things and change things and mutate things without having to reload the page. So we're going to create an interactive version that feels like an application rather than a website for yeah, like, this setup. I'm not going to have
0: to save. Like when I check off a box, it's checked. Exactly. It's going to immediately. Yeah. That's yeah. super nice. Yeah, I mean, you just look at it too and you're like, oh, now that if you're like running with React, it would be also easy to put in the URL and like Mm -hmm. pull things from the site or like like there's so many cool things you can do that'll like, you know, checking like your meta tags. Like you could actually do that. (laughs) Like, and in real time, pull up the information. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can do a lot of like real time rendering, real time integrations here. And I think that there's a lot of, potential with JavaScript in sort of something like this. But the idea is let's not build a website. Let's build an application. Let's build like a little, little app of ours. And it's a to-do list app, of course, but uh, yeah. So I think that as we walk through this series, we'll see the advantages of building this in JavaScript and also the, maybe not disadvantages, but like the decisions we had to make and what their costs were. In order to be able to Mm -hmm. do this in javascript which i think is a really important part of considering any framework for any project so i'm really
0: excited that's a good point like nothing is ever perfect and it'll be interesting to see like what the holes are and what the benefits are and even just i it's weird i really did not like react and now i've gone to a point where it's just (laughs) i just it's so enjoyable to use components in react and
1: if anyone gets curious go back to season one i think it was episode three or four and react and brian and it's like brian is not happy about jsx brian doesn't like react and then now look where we are
0: (laughs) yeah that's your fault i blame you awesome (laughs) give us a preview of what we're going to do in episode two or just a little teaser
1: yeah Yeah, so next episode, we're going to look at the decisions you have to make when you decide to build something in Next.js. What database do you want to use? Do you want to use CSS and JS? What Mm -hmm. components do you want to use? What is the design language you want to use? And we'll also look at how do you authenticate? How do you use, Mm -hmm. how do you integrate with a database and make a new account? You know, how does that work if you're not inside a CMS that just gives it to you?
0: oh yeah i didn't even think about that like you you want yeah people are going to log in create accounts i yeah. mean set passwords i mean
1: oh exactly yeah. there's a lot going on right and i mean with with laravel we had breeze the package yeah to do that for us what are we going to do here so that's what we're going to do look, look at next episode
0: <laughs> all right awesome i'm very excited to find out
1: <laughs> yeah all right well i'll see you next episode then all right see you then Visit viewsource.fm for the show notes. And if you're enjoying the show, we would love a review on iTunes or a comment on YouTube.